Uh, if you have visited with us today as our kids are leaving, uh, I just uh, want to say welcome, and uh, we really believe that you're here not by accident, that God actually has something for you. And uh, we have a card here if you're first time, second time, third time visitor. We just ask if you'd fill this out. Uh, if you do, uh, we're going to give five bucks to our neighbors next door project just because they do a lot of good for families in our community. And uh, I would love you to return this to uh, Stephen or Sarah, our pastors. They'll be waiting in the lobby after church, and you can give it to them. And uh, we would love to uh, welcome you to the church and just have you be connected to us. I am starting a, a new series today uh, called The Lord's Prayer. I mean, there's a novel name for a prayer uh, or a sermon series, I'm sure. Uh, this is totally new to you. You've never heard about the Lord's Prayer or the name the Lord's Prayer or anything like that. But uh, what I'm saying here is this is prayer that works. I mean, it's just like a ridiculously bold statement. Prayer that works, well, because it's the Lord's Prayer. I mean, if the Lord's Prayer doesn't work, then uh, I don't know what prayer will work. So I've got the Lord's Prayer. It's a sermon series, a three-part series that we're going to be doing. Uh, and I really just hope that you connect with the series. You know, we've done a, a series through the book of Acts where we've looked at what God is doing in our lives and how we can share the gospel and uh, th those sort of things. But in this series, uh, it's really about how's your soul. Uh, I'm not interested in, in this series, uh, like what are you doing for God uh, or, you know, how good you are as a believer or... Uh, what your expectations are as a believer. I'm simply hoping that I can ask you the question, how is your soul? Meaning, how are you doing? Uh, and specifically, how are you doing with God? Uh, or uh, more importantly, how are you doing with hearing God and experiencing God's love for you? How are you doing? How's your soul? I mean, that's what I want to get out of this prayer uh, series. So, uh, I, you know, there's a lot to say, especially on a, a topic like the Lord's Prayer, because we have a few challenges. On the one hand, it's like familiar territory. So, on the one hand, we can like just, you know, tune out. It's like, okay, there's nothing novel about this. Uh, there's nothing amazing like Rick's demonstration here, which just keeps you captivated. It's like, it's the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we know the Lord's Prayer. And uh, so you, you just start tuning out. Uh, but on the other hand, there's something really uh, comforting by the fact that it's familiar and it's turf that we've covered or you know where it's going and it's somewhat predictable. There's some benefit to that. So it can be both positive or negative depending uh, where you're at. But uh, I do want us to uh, just connect with the Lord. Now, each one of our own experiences is different. Uh, for some people, Lord's Prayer might be a really exciting topic. Uh, uh, for others of you, it's like you're just wondering what I'm going to say, if I'm going to say anything novel about this topic that you haven't heard, because, uh, you know, you're pretty familiar with it. Uh, for me growing up, the Lord's Prayer was, well, uh, I don't know how to really classify it. I'd say neutral. Uh, it wasn't a positive thing for me. It wasn't a negative thing for me. It was just school. Yeah, I grew up in South Africa. We did uh, assembly every day. And every day at assembly, we said the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, uh, you know, for 
the life of me, I can't remember any benefit of doing that. I mean, I'm not trying to, be, I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to say it was extremely beneficial. Uh, I know that, but I, I just didn't. I mean, partially because the Lord's Prayer starts like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. By that point, I've already tuned out. I mean, I didn't speak in our and hallowed and thy. And so if anybody was speaking in that, it sounded like schoolwork to me, like Latin. Or, or, and I was already like, uh, blah, 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 blah. And amen. And then, okay, we had announcements. And then we went to class. And, and we just did that every day. Every, and I just, I just never, just being a school kid that I was, I'm just being honest, I never actually stopped to think, hallowed be your name. What, what? What might that ever mean? I, I, I didn't even pause for one second to think about it. So here I am preaching on it, and it's, uh, it's like, wow, okay. So I don't know. It wasn't positive for me. It wasn't negative for me. Uh, now it's a whole different deal. I mean, the Lord's Prayer is kind of special for, uh, to me. So I don't know what your background was, but I do want to say this about prayer in general. Uh, you know, prayer is our vehicle for connecting with God. And so when I say, how's your soul? It's like, how are you doing connecting with God? And is the Lord's Prayer, which Jesus was giving us as a tool to connect with God, it's, a, you know, it's like any tool. If you use it properly, it can be really, really effective. But if you just got another tool in your toolbox and you never actually use it, well, it's just a tool lying in the toolbox. So uh, I want to talk about prayer, uh, and maybe I'll just start off with last week. So... Last week, if you were here at church, um, I asked those that had skin diseases or skin problems or skin anything to stand up and let's just pray and ask God, you know, to heal us. So I said, you know, if you, anything happened to you this week, why don't you give me feedback? And uh, lo and behold, nobody did. Oh, no, sorry. Rick did. Rick's getting very indignant because Rick is really excited. Do you want to say anything about this, Rick, or do you want me to say something about it? You let me continue. Okay. Okay. So Rick is Rick is just like super excited. He's super excited because God answered prayer, and uh, Rick sent me some uh, photographs of his um, ankle. Now, I would have put them up on the screen, but they didn't really look too good. You know, that was kind of like gross looking. I'm sorry, Rick. But that was your ankle. Don't really mean be bad about your. And then he showed me some other pictures of after God had healed him, and he's really got terrific legs. So if anybody wants to look at, <laughs> if anybody wants to look at Rick's legs and hear his story, you catch him afterwards, uh, and I'm sure he'll be pretty happy to show you his legs. Uh, and if you do it out in the parking lot or out in the street, and you know it'll create quite a stir. Uh, so, <laughs> so who knows? But but this is what I want to say about prayer. People have a realistic. Um, doubt or expectation or I don't know what it is. You know, we ask, I ask, as you know, if you come to this church every now and then, if I'm feeling like the Lord is doing something, that we pray for people. And when we pray, we ask, I mean, with the sense that God might actually answer that prayer. I mean, what a novel idea. Now, it's obviously risky when you have a whole bunch of people stand up and you ask God to heal them right then and there. Now, it's also fair to say that, okay, Rick won the prize and praise God, he got healed. But, you know, and that's, that's yeah. I mean, if, if you, Rick, that's the greatest prayer ever. Now, if you happen to be one of the others that stood up and God didn't heal you, it's like, 
oh, bummer, what did I do wrong or, or whatever. Now, I just want to say this. If I was in business for healing people, I'd probably be out of business by the end of the week because if one person gets healed and I don't know how many people stood up, but let's say the other, I don't know how many, the other 10 didn't, that wouldn't be like such a good success rate. Uh, but, you know, I'm not in the prayer healing, I'm not in the healing business. I'm in the, like, connecting with God thing. Now, now just, just stay with me for a bit. For most people, or for sure, say for most, for you and for, for other pastors like myself, it's a little uncomfortable asking people to stand up. It's uncomfortable for you to stand up. And it's uncomfortable for me to ask and expect God to heal you because if he does, it's awesome. And if it doesn't, it's like, oh, bummer. You know, it's like embarrassing or whatever. But here's what I want to say. God is God and God is good. And we can't like manipulate God. And when God heals or does something, it's pretty awesome. What we don't want to do, which is the mistake we all tend to do, is if it doesn't work, we just give up. And, and I just think that's a worse mistake to make than to expect that God is going to heal, believe that God's going to do something, than to just give up. I mean, most churches would not give up on the idea of saying, when we, make a, a, we reach out to people and say, do you want to give your life to the Lord? And, uh, you know, there might be a Sunday or a whole month go by or a whole season go by where people just don't respond. I mean, most churches would not say, okay, I'll close up shop. You know, I'm done with this. Nobody's accepting the Lord. I mean, you know, I, I'm done. You know, we just, you, you're just like, I love Jesus. I know what a transformation he can make in my life, in other lives. And you just expect God uh, to move in our lives. And in a similar way, I just say that with healing. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess it's not about healing. It's about the Lord's prayer. The connection here is don't give up on prayer or on the way you pray, just because you're not getting the results you want. Uh, the, the big idea, the big idea with the Lord's Prayer is really, can you connect with God? And by connecting with God, the biggest thing that you want to receive is the sense of God loves me. I am connected to Him. He knows about me and about my situation. Now, whether God answers your prayer the way you choose Him to answer it is, is actually secondary. The primary thing here is connecting with God, experiencing His love for you. If you can achieve that, uh, then you're really achieving what uh, I think we want to get out of the Lord's Prayer. So let me just uh, ask us to do something which is you know, much more traditional, very unlike us as a vineyard, and that's to actually ask the audience, uh, Rick did a good job of uh, getting us going here, uh, to participate in actually saying the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to do it in two different versions. We're going to do it in the familiar version, the King James Version. And uh, Tracy, if you'll put that up for me on the screen. Uh, we won't uh, pray the first line of the Lord's Prayer because none of you have memorized the first line of the Lord's Prayer, but it is verse 9, uh, a part of uh, verse 9, uh, conveniently dropped. Uh, so we won't, uh, I'll just say it, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. Now, I'm sure you all tuned into that. But from then on out, let's pray the Lord's Prayer uh, together. And before we do that, just notice the first word. The first word is our. Uh, and this is why we're doing it. 
the Lord's Prayer is not necessarily a, an individual thing. It doesn't say, my Father. It says, our Father. So there's something about, there's a, there's a church um, relationship with this prayer where we do prayer together. It's our Father. So uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't we pray this together? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, again, this, that's the King James Version. Uh, sometimes you'll have trespasses. Uh, Tracy, why don't you put up the New Living Translation? Now, here's the challenge. The New Living Translation, I far prefer the grammar. I prefer the English. It's more uh, accessible. But it just sounds weird because none of us learned the Lord's Prayer in, you know, in this, in this, uh, in this manner. Here's the challenge we always have. You know, is tradition good? Well, it's not good or bad. It's useful. Uh, if I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer in any sort of formal setting, I'm definitely going with the King James Version. If I'm going to do the Lord's Prayer in a personal, contemplative, meditative format, I might use both, which is what I want to preach on today. The benefit of a different version is there's a freshness to it, and it sort of catches our attention. Now, if I'd have heard this version when I was in high school, I would have been listening because it would have been like more accessible to me. So uh, this is not going to sound at all easy for us because, again, uh, this is not how we've learned it. But let's say this together. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but restore, rescue us from the evil one. Yeah, yeah, I can't even say it. Rescue us from the evil one. One of the, uh, you know, again, to answer the question, is there a right or wrong version or is there a formula in prayer? Uh, I would say absolutely not. Uh, even the Lord's Prayer, it appears twice in the Bible, once in the book of Matthew, once in the book of Luke, uh, and they're different, thankfully, actually, because otherwise there'd be like a formula. This is how you have to pray. Uh, in Luke, it's pretty interesting because Jesus is responding to a very, very, very unusual request by his disciples. For once, the disciples are saying, Jesus, please, can you teach us something? And they said, please, can you teach us to pray? I mean, think of it. The disciples didn't ask Jesus a whole lot of good things. Normally, they'd ask him, hey, can we be the hero? Can we sit next to you in your kingdom? You know, can we have power? Can we, you know, a whole bunch of requests like that. Uh, but this one, they said, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? Now, there was something going on here with his disciples. I think they noticed something when Jesus prayed. Uh, there was a sense that Jesus prayed at unusual times, uh, not always when it was convenient. Uh, it seems like Jesus liked to pray. It seems like when Jesus did pray, he really did connect with the Father. And it seems like when Jesus prayed, he really got like back from the Father, either good advice on who to be disciples or uh, whatever. So the disciples were noticing when Jesus prayed, it was really significant. And so they were curious. They wanted to know how can they also connect with God the Father 
in this way that Jesus did. And, and Jesus says, okay, well, let, me, let me teach you. That was in response uh, to the, the disciples' question in the book of Luke. In the book of Matthew, the Lord's Prayer uh, and the, the, the version that we're so familiar with, the King James Version, the fuller uh, version, is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's part of Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. Now, that is just like really intriguing from a whole different standpoint. Because the Sermon on the Mount is really some of Jesus' greatest uh, uh, teaching. And he's basically making a case for saying, we're going to do things differently. We're done with the Old Testament and the Old Covenant. And we're going to start a New Testament or a New Covenant. And we're going to do things a little bit differently under the New Covenant, New Testament. And Jesus is explaining the similarities and the differences uh, between the one and the other. And in part of that teaching, he says, okay, this is how you should pray. And there's a lot of big deal statements coming out of Jesus in, this, uh, in these teachings. You know, the build-up here is, okay, it's no longer an eye for an eye, which is, you know, still a popular methodology uh, through most of the world with, you know, in, in, in many other religions, specifically Judaism or, or uh, Islam, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And Jesus is saying, no, it's no longer an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Uh, it's a whole different thinking. It's start loving your enemies. And it's like, wait a bit, isn't the whole idea that we get even with our enemies and we ask God and we pray to God that God just sick them and deal with them and and... Yeah, and it's still a challenge. I mean, even today, we've got North Korea. It's like, you know, how do we pray? Uh, you know, you send a threat and a new, uh, a missile, and we'll just, like, flatten you. I mean, what is God's thinking on this? How do we get loving our enemies and not having an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? It, it's super challenging. It was super challenging then, and it's super challenging now. But the big sort of revelation here, I think, in the Sermon on the Mountain, the Lord's Prayer, was this idea of saying, the heart of the matter is connecting with God the Father, experiencing His love, loving God, and loving people, your neighbors. I mean, as Jesus says, if you boil all these commandments down, that's what it amounts to. And yet, uh, at the same time, part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this in Matthew five seventeen. He says, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. To accomplish their purpose. So let's uh, look. If you've got a bulletin insert, you can pull it out. I've titled this, uh, Jesus Gives Us Three Vital God-Focused Directives. And uh, I want to make a, a, a sort of little loose comparison here between the Old Testament, New Testament, Ten Commandments, Sermon on the Mount. Uh, on the Old Testament, God's revelation to Moses, uh, the first four, uh, you know, of the, uh, of the commandments were God-focused. The third commandment, <clears throat> uh, being uh, God-focused, uh, God says this, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. On the third commandment, God says this. This is Exodus 20.10. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse His name. Uh, the first three statements in the Lord's Prayer 
would uh, focus on God. The first four statements in the Ten Commandments focus on God. Uh, I think what Jesus is telling us here and what God was telling us in the Ten Commandments, he said, look, I know you want to have prayers answered. I know you have needs. I know uh, you're anxious to get to the part of, God, this is what I want. This is what I want you to do for me. This is the help I need from you. Uh, but what, what God is saying to us in the Ten Commandments and in the Lord's Prayer is the starting place is God. Uh, so the focus here is on God. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. These are all God-focused things. The way you and I want to pray, which is okay to pray this way too, is God, I need help. I mean, I need this and I need that. I need direction. But what God is saying in the Lord's Prayer, what Jesus is saying is slow down. Let's focus on God. And if we focus on God first... God will take care of our needs. Our human nature is saying, let's focus on ourselves first. Let's focus on our needs first. And our needs are just like endless. Uh, so we'll never actually get to focus on God because we just have a lot of needs. And then the really interesting and bizarre thing with prayer is God the Father says, I know what you're going to pray before you even pray it. Which is a huge you know, head tilt for us, like, okay, so why do we even bother about praying? God knows what I need, and God, why don't you just give me what I need? And <clears throat> we just have to acknowledge, <clears throat> excuse me. So anyway, uh, God is asking us to focus on Him. It's our Father. Uh, the focus is on God as we look at God and uh, focus on God. As we focus on God, God actually meets our needs. But what God is desiring is relationship. Before he is looking at us for what we need, he is looking for us to receive his love. The most important thing that God wants to communicate to us is that he loves us. And so the Lord's Prayer starts with our Father. Now, here's another one of these weird, I don't know if you call it a contradiction or an irony, or uh, it's probably a better English word to describe this. But we've got Old English, which seems to be very formal, our Father, it sounds uh, distant. Uh, it's, uh, it's honoring to God in the sense that God is sovereign, He's Lord, He's holy, He's almighty. And as we press in on that aspect of God, God seems distant. And it's Old English, which makes it even more kind of formal. Point here is it's our Father. Now, imagine if we prayed, Daddy who are, you know, you're in heaven, uh, and referred to God as Daddy or Papa, that would actually be a very realistic or acceptable way of praying. And I know many uh, folks that in all their prayers to the Lord would be Papa or Abba, if you want to use a sort of a Hebrew formality for something which is not very formal, uh, just calling God Papa. Uh, the benefit of doing that is you are relating to God personally and tenderly and closely. But it's both. It's not either or. So on the one hand, God wants us to relate to him closely, but he also is holy and reverent, and God you know, will do whatever uh, God chooses to do, however God chooses to do it. It's both. Our Father is the relationship that we have and God wants with us that He's just really, really close. 
when we look at the rest of this, uh, the opening of the Lord's Prayer, it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Or using a New Living Translation, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we have this classic uh, challenge where there's two kingdoms. There's the Lord's kingdom and there's the enemy's kingdom. And what we would say is today, uh, the enemy is uh, ruling. And God is saying that day is going to come where he is going to take back and he is going to be ruling in total. And so we are saying, God, we desire for your kingdom to come. Supplant, replace the evil that's happening in this world and replace you know, the underlying unseen evil powers at work that is working through people and come with your power, your Holy Spirit, which is also unseen and also going to work through people. And there's this prayer of God, what are you doing in heaven? Who you are in heaven? Let us experience it uh, here, now, today. And so that's what God uh, is saying in the Lord's Prayer. And uh, we have this interesting uh, connection with God, even in His name. Uh, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, in that lifestyle, a name was something you gave because of your profession or your father's profession or, you know, what you uh, prophetically saw in your kid or, or something. But a name had a whole lot of meaning, whereas today, you know, a name is just a way of, like, how we say hi to somebody. It doesn't have this depth of meaning. And yet God is saying, keep my name holy. And there was something like significant to this. Uh, today, I mean, we just use Jesus' name as a punctuation mark or we just curse thing. I mean, it's the last thing in contemporary English, uh, conversational speech out in the marketplace. Jesus' name is not even a curse word. It's just a punctuation mark. And God is saying the Ten Commandments and he's saying in the New Testament, this is like not on. This is like a really big deal that we identify who his name is, and the power that's in his name, and who God really is. And this was exactly the challenge Moses had when he was dealing with God, who he didn't really know who was God at the burning bush. And it's like God is talking to him and say, go speak to Pharaoh. And, and, and Moses says, well, what's your name? And God gives us really easy, nice, easy answer. He says, my name is I am. And we go like, okay, that's kind of cryptic. I am. And then as we unpack that, this word Yahweh, we see, wait, it's back to this kingdom of God thing. It's like I am means I am who I am right now in the present tense. It also means I am who I will be in the future tense. I will be who I will be. And so when we look at this prayer in the, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, may your kingdom come. This kingdom is God's future kingdom and its present. There's a sense of God who you are going to be in the future, your name is both a future thing and a present thing. We desire your present thing. We desire to be able to pray today and experience healing, which we know is a future blessing that we expect in the future. But we're asking for your, your will to be done today. Can we taste a little bit of heaven, like right now in the present? That's what's going on in the spiritual realm. There's, there's a sense of, of saying prayer is how we get in connection with God and the love of God. It's also the power of God. But the, we, God wants us to be His children. From God's standpoint, He wants relationship with you. He's more interested in you than all your problems. He can, he can handle your problems. But he's, he, he's inviting you 
to have relationship with him. That's the heart of the Lord's Prayer. And he's giving us a method, like a prayer that works. Say, this is how I want you, how you can relate to me. This is how you can connect with me. Is take your eyes and start off by focusing on me and looking at me. And that's how we'll have relationship. We have relationship with God on God's terms. God is God and we're not. And we, we need to like get that into our, our head. But at the same time, we need to get into our head that God really, really loves us. So let me just conclude uh, this way. When Jesus is on the cross, it's the only time that Jesus does not refer to God the Father as Father. It's the only time that Jesus is not intimate with the Father. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He doesn't say, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? There's a sense of Jesus is now feeling distant from God. That, that way, Jesus is saying, this is an ad, unusual anomaly. And as believers, we should be the same sort of tension should be going on in us. He says, if we're feeling distant from God, if God feels distant, there's summing up. There's something wrong. Our heart's desire and God's heart's desire is that we experience His love, that He loves us. Isaiah, hundreds of years before Jesus was crucified, anticipated this moment. And he says in Isaiah 53, 6, All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on Him the sins of us all. And Jesus is saying on the cross, he says, look, when I died on the cross, what I have done, the primary thing I have done is I've given you a way to have access to the Father. And what we don't get is that our sin or our transgressions or our behaviors or our attitudes, which are not holy, distance ourselves from God. And what Jesus is saying, that's not good, that's not right, and you're never going to fix it on your own. You can try as hard as you like, but what you need is a supernatural act and a supernatural power, Jesus, to allow you to have access to the total love of the Father, and He did that by dying on the cross for us. And it, it, Jesus is giving us access to the love of the Father in a way which is super significant. So I, I just want to end with, uh, with this thought. Can we, uh, in our prayer lives, can we, as we take some time this summer to say, how is it going with my soul? How's it going with me and God? How are we doing? Can we perhaps just start by uh, not focusing on our own problems, but delighting in just relating to God and experiencing God's love? And saying, God, it's just an absolute marvel that you would love me, uh, who is anything but holy and anything but perfect, uh, and yet you really honestly desire to hang out with me and have fellowship with me and to encourage me and to talk to me and to guide me and to direct me and to bless me. God, you really, that's your plan. You set it up like that. You want relationship with me. It, can we, like, meditate on that? you know, for a season here, and it would go well with our soul if we do. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you died on the cross for us, and you did it so that we can have relationship with you. 
And Lord, I just pray that for every person in this congregation, as we read through and we pray through the Lord's Prayer and we contemplate connecting with you, Lord, you would just, you know, breathe on your own prayer, Jesus, and let it just be fresh for us again. Let us be able to relate to what it is you're trying to communicate to us. Father, we just pray for access to you and your love. And Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. And as we say, your kingdom come, we realize we're asking for your Holy Spirit to be present today in our lives right now. Because only you, Holy Spirit, can do what only you can do. And we desire more of you, more of your power. We desire more of your love, Father. We need your love. Lord, I just pray for your people. That you'd heal us, that you'd restore us, that you'd refresh us, that you'd bless us. As we lift our eyes and focus on you. In your name, Jesus. Amen.